0: You're listening to Following the Way, a podcast devoted to the examination of Scripture and Christ-centered practices to help us live in devotion to the way of Jesus. Test, test. Hello and welcome. It's good to be together. Wherever you're listening from, I want to encourage you to rate or to share our podcast. It really does help. We are uh, going through the book of John lately on this podcast. We've been coming back to it, and uh, we are in John 14 uh, today. And John 14 begins with this long discourse of Jesus that goes through all the way to John 17 and ends with his prayer to the Father for himself and for us and for those who would come um, all throughout history and follow him. And it's one of the most impacting sections of scripture for many of us. It's it's full of implications when it comes to following Jesus. The depths of this, we can mine this for our entire lives and what it means to surrender to Jesus and to follow him and to keep coming back to this and, and to see the incredible truth and impact that it has for our lives. And so, I want to read uh, John 14, verses 12 to 21. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Those are incredible words there that Jesus says that we ended with. The promise that if we obey and keep his commandments, that the Father will love us, that we'll be in the Father, we'll be in Jesus, and Jesus will come and manifest himself to us. And and, and this is a life-altering realization for our lives, this manifest presence of Jesus. In verse 20, it says, Jesus says that in that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. He says in that day. And so what we see here is that Jesus is speaking of the impact of post-resurrection, that he's speaking of what he's about to do, that he's going to be going to the cross, but that he knows what is to come. And he's saying I'm not going to leave you as orphans. And he says stuff like, I'm not going to abandon you. And, and the disciples needed to hear that. And, and there's times in our lives where we need to hear that just as clearly, that we are not abandoned. Jesus doesn't leave us as orphans. And Jesus says, because I live. And so he's pointing to his victory over death that is to come. And he, know, he realizes that I am going to live and I'm going to live in, in a, in a resurrected body with resurrection life. And the impact is that because of that, we will also live. I live. And so you will live too, he says. And so something changed dramatically with the resurrection. And he says in in verse 16, that we are given the helper to be with us forever. And this is what we cannot miss because unpacking And mining the depths of this truth for our lives makes all the difference between cultural lifestyle enhancement Christianity and following the way of Jesus no matter what. No matter what comes, no matter what may may enter into our life, we are committed to following the way of Jesus. And so, that when, when it says there in verse 16, it talks about the helper who will come, Jesus says. That word there in the Greek for helper is paraclete, and, and you may have heard that word. It's been mentioned and tossed around times. And 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 so we know that it, it's translated by many as the helper, but it's it's even it's a lot deeper than that because it's talking about one called alongside us to exhort us, to comfort us, to encourage us. That's all the meanings of paraclete. And and so commentators will translate that as uh, counseled, uh, the, the counselor, the helper, the comforter, the advocate. But don't miss what Jesus says there. He says, I will give you another. And so what we see is that there's a parallel here role of the Holy Spirit to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is, if you will, actually another Christ. He is fully God and he is manifesting the presence of God in the same way that Jesus did. And so this is actually how we can understand the complexities of verses twelve to fourteen that I read there, but you know where Jesus says, you know, you're going to do greater works than I do, and 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 for many of us, you know, we grapple and we wrestle with that and go, how do we how do we understand that? Because we read the works of Jesus and we go, how? And I and I'm not seeing that in in my life. Let's let's be honest. I'm not seeing myself do as far as outward, I'm not seeing myself operate in the same way as Jesus, not even close. But the key phrase that Jesus says is, because I am going to the Father. And John 5, 5.20, earlier in John, Jesus speaks of greater things as well there in the context of the future work of the Father. And so, what we need to see is that the resurrection of Jesus is, is the dividing line, so to speak. It is the new age. Jesus is pointing here of what is going to come. We live in the resurrection power of Jesus now. We, we don't live pre-resurrection. We're living post-resurrection. And that is no small thing. But I think that we can actually treat it as such. I think that we can minimize and I think we do minimize the impact of the resurrection all the time and we need to see the enormity of Of what Jesus is saying here. We live in the time of God's kingdom having come now and the resurrection of Jesus having established this kingdom. This isn't in doubt. This isn't something that may or may not happen. There is not a question. Jesus has established his kingdom and it's rooted in the fact and the truth of his resurrection. And that impacts how we live and the life that is inside of us. But we are given the choice whether we in fact live for this kingdom. Even as whatever we profess, whatever we claim, we are given the choice. Will we live for this kingdom? Will the alignment of our lives be with this kingdom? Will the trajectory of our lives be with this kingdom? Will the paradigm out of which we live be aligned with this kingdom? Or will we just live for the pursuits of this world while claiming some sort of allegiance to Jesus that makes us feel comfortable and makes us feel safe, but isn't necessarily actually aligned to his purposes and to his plans. And so how we live for this kingdom is clear. And and this is, this is what we need to grapple with. And we need to put at the forefront of our lives, how we think and ponder about this and how we translate this into our lives. <clears throat> because This is really important. Twice it speaks here of keeping the commandments of Jesus because it displays our love and our commitment. And so we orientate our lives around the word of God. That's what it means to keep the commandments of Jesus. Not, Not just the words of Jesus in the gospels. There's some that would claim that we just have to focus on the four gospels. No, Jesus is the living word. And so it's all of scripture. We serve a Trinitarian God. He's three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's no difference. And so we serve the entirety of God. We serve the entirety of the word. And so, and and as Jesus says in Revelations 2 and 3, we see there... Jesus is speaking by his spirit to the church today. What is he saying to us today? What are his commandments today? How does his word speak to us today? And so that's the command that we we keep the commandments of Jesus. But the promise given is also clear. A whole new experience of intimacy with Jesus. He will manifest himself to us, he says. And so there's this sense there In in the Greek of of taking his commandments into our inner being, being infused with the life of Jesus. What a picture, what a thought that the, the living, ruling Jesus Christ, who's in heaven, that his presence... And, and, and his very nature, that it's being infused in us as we follow him, as we obey him, as we follow his spirit, as his spirit who comes alongside of us, as we seek to walk in accordance and alignment with the spirit, in step with the spirit, as Galatians says, we are infused with the life of Jesus. Now, I understand this, this sounds really utopian, I, I, I wrestle with this as i was as I was looking at this and thinking about this. Like this sounds really good and really sweet and really nice. But how does this work itself out nine to five or amidst crying and screaming children or in a marriage that's experiencing real trouble and and real discontent and there's there's brokenness? Or in the midst of a secular university class when you are faced on every side with opposing views and people seeking to tear you down, how does this become real? That's a question that we've got to think and ponder and pray about and search the word about, I would say this, I'll offer this. I think it becomes real on a very intentional level by relying on the Holy Spirit and rejecting the inclination to self-autonomy and self-preservation because true life is found in Christ Jesus says there, because I live, you also live. That, that is a profound thought and truth we've got to wrestle with because our inclination of the flesh, of our false self, is this inclination constantly to f- try and figure it out on ourselves to survive, to make it work, to achieve, to to prove ourselves worthy enough, to present images that will make others like us and will make others think that we're good enough. And what it does is it's all rooted in self-autonomy and self-preservation. And we're feeding something that isn't the life of Christ. The life of Christ is the exact opposite. And so, Relying on the Holy Spirit and seeking to come into that life and seeking to be real is with others around us is, is a very, I, I would offer, is a very important part of how this becomes real in our lives. And, you know, this wasn't really meant to be the case, but I, as I was going through this day, this is sort of serving almost as an appetizer for this coming Sunday, where we're going we're gonna to talk about being carriers of God's presence, because we've been talking in the last number of weeks with our new series about presence and how we are made for God's presence. We're meant to pursue God's presence. And now we're going to talk on Sunday about how we are meant to be carriers of God's presence and this is part of that. How do we carry this life of Christ, the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit within ourselves? And so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say a lot about that. You've got to you gotta wait for Sunday, but I will say this: we need to get really real and practical and honest about that because. Carrying the presence of God with us and and having his presence in us and Jesus manifesting himself to us and us dwelling in him is at times really difficult work of self-examination and of coming, coming into places of transformation that comes through vulnerability and brokenness. But the promise is, Jesus says, I will come and manifest myself to you what a promise. I'm holding on to that myself. I'm holding on to that in these days and, and continuing to seek the Lord for more of that. And I trust that you will as well. I want to bless you as you go forth today. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And wherever you are, I want to bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. We'll see you again.